and welcome to episode nine of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. As usual, I'm Mark here with Ryan. Ryan, how you doing, mate? I'm good, Mark. How are you, mate? Mate, I am very much excited. Uh, so we had an awesome weekend of football with some trial games, some really good and some not so good. But, um, you know, we got a lot of content to rip into for everybody tonight. So what we're going to do is go through and do a bit of review of the trial games and the results and sort of how the players went over the weekend. And then we're going to also get stuck into a bit of a preview for Teamless Tuesday, which will be on the eve of a week from now. So it's all uh, it's all very exciting. It's, season's coming up fast. So uh, without further ado, we'll rip straight into the first game. Um, so that would be the Raiders versus the Roosters. So that happened on Saturday, sort of mid-afternoon. Mate, what were your main sort of takeaways from that game? Yeah, it was a it was a bit of an interesting game. The, the Raiders dominated possession straight out of the gate, um, but I think the the biggest takeaway for me was how good uh, Angus Crichton was looking. He uh, oh. he was an absolute monster, mate. And did you notice to go along with his horrible facial hair, he also had a uh, man like one of those man bun things. <laughs> Except it wasn't even like a nice, well kept man bun. It was just like. He sort of just went, oh, man, my hair's getting my eyes and just sort of threw it up there and, yeah, it wasn't really. Does he, does, do you think he knows lockdown's over? Like he is allowed to go get a haircut. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe we should, we'll send him a, a DM on Twitter. Hey, bro, hair, the hairdresser's open. Um, yeah, although, um, you know, maybe he subscribed to the to the uh, theory that the worse your haircut is, the better you are at football. Well, I mean, unlike other blokes, he, at least he's got the side of his, uh, he doesn't have the side of his head shaved. Like half the league's got about half the side of the head shaved or got a mullet or something. So he's got that going for him. Yeah, absolutely. But mate, on the on the fantasy point standpoint, 86 points without a try. Yeah, he only played about 65 minutes too, you know. Um, it's pretty exciting. Like I, I uh, had Madison in my team for the longest time. And, of course, you know, these trials, we always overreact and <laughs> get super excited for the season coming up. And I swapped Matto to Angus just on the back of this trial. Oh. Uh. Mate, you, you could be forgiven for doing that. But even without, like, we knew that Crichton was an absolute jet. But the thing is with Crichton, I think, is he takes advantage of players that are tired and he, he is one of those attacking-style footballers. And obviously... The way that the game's moving now, it is going to favour those attacking style players. And, you know, Crichton has the benefit of being an absolute monster. Like, he's obviously really strong, um, but also he's really fit and quite athletic as well. So he's, you know, he's got that sort of really nice balance where I think he's just going to really take advantage of of um, tied defenders. And playing on that left-hand edge uh, next to Kiri. I think he's just going to be a, a thing of, you know, give Angus the ball and let him palm off 16 guys and then dump it off to whichever one of the elite backline players that they want. Yeah, so, yeah, he was just an absolute monster. It was interesting to note that uh, Adam Kieran sort of played that uh, bench utility slash. Um, so he came on and played hooker, but then I think he also played in the back row as well. Obviously, we know he can cover centre. We're thinking... With Verrills coming back, it's going to be interesting on TLT to see what the makeup of that Roosters bench is. Obviously, we're expecting Tupanua to take the back row spot, leaving Liu, Butcher, and then maybe is it Kieran and? But then you've got Lindsay Collins there and Verrills. Like, is there 
Is there a chance that we don't see Verrills at all? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't... Um, look, we know last year the Roosters opted to play, you know, Drew Hutchinson on the bench occasionally, like going for that bigger body. I don't know. Like, I, I think they think the Roosters believe that Verrills could be the future, like Jake Friend is getting on. So, I don't know. I, I think I'd be surprised if he isn't on the bench at least somewhat. Maybe he comes back in reserve, great to start, but... Mm. Maybe get yeah. some sort of minutes into him coming off the injury, like, hey, go and sit in reserve grade. And it might be a case that they leave Friend out altogether. Obviously, he's in his 30s, well into his 30s now, and, you know, he's sort of getting a little bit slower, and that seems like the opposite of the way that the Roosters are going to want to play given their team. So maybe it's that we get, you know, a late-season gift of Verrills at hooker playing 60-odd minutes with Kieran off the bench, which would be absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I think there's gonna it's gonna have to take some you know the wrist is going pretty awful for for that to happen or you know Jake Friend has been a little bit um, uh, banged up. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's had quite a few injuries in the last couple of years, so maybe you know maybe something like that happens. But um, you know uh, I, I think without Boyd Cordner there to start the year, I don't think uh, Robbo will be any uh, will be in any rush to take such an experienced bloke out of the team to start the year at least. Yeah. Well, I guess on the bright side for fantasy coaches, you don't want all your really good cash cows at the start of the year. Like you need to have some people to trade down to and, and get those that mid-season money making. So put that one in the black book for uh, for later on in the year. Um, that's probably it from the uh, from the Roosters side of the ball. Obviously, we know Teddy and all the backline players, all those guys played. Teddy did the substitute goal kicking when Takiyaho off is off the field. But, you know, we're expecting Tauk to take most of that goal kicking. I think the... Uh, if Teddy gets any goals through the course of the game, it'll be gratuitous, like, and sort of, you know, it's just an added bonus to a guy that's already elite. I think we shared something on socials earlier in the week that Teddy averaged just under 70 points when the new rules were implemented. So so we don't need to know about what Teddy offers. You know, he offers a, an elite. He's the number one wing fullback and probably not really close to second. Um, I'm starting with him in round one. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, j- just the idea of him maybe picking up an extra two points a game in, in goal kicking, you know, that, that could very well have his average close to 70. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, I think there's a pretty big gap between him and second. Like I think second is probably, you know, Ponga. I think Pappenhausen maybe could uh, compete for that spot. But uh, between those two and Teddy, there's there's a pretty big gap. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm starting with Teddy. Just sort of I'm going to bite the bullet and, and start him, I'm pretty sure unless uh, there's some sort of, you know, the wackiest thing happens on TLT and I have to make that change. But I'm very, very hesitant to do that. On the Raiders side of the ball, um, I've seen a lot of teams with Chance Nickel clock starred in this offseason. I'm not really understanding that. One thing I will say with Chance is I was listening to, I'm going to give a different po- podcast a shout out now, the Get Them On Side with Dan Ganane and Joel Kane. And they were saying that Chance Nickel clock starred only averaged a try or try assist in about 50% of games compared to most of the elite wing fullbacks that average one one per game, like a try or a try assist. Um, so, I mean, if you think that the Raiders are going to completely change their attacking structure and start using Nickel Cogstad more, you could make the argument that maybe he's going to get more. But, I mean, realistically, the Raiders have been in the finals at the deep end of the finals the last two years now. I can't see any reason why they'd change what they do. Yeah, I agree, uh, and I think we've got a pretty decent sample on on Chance now. Like, you know, I, I love Chance. He was a great cash cow a couple of years ago, but 
um, you know, and a real surprise uh, breakout player. But yeah, I, I don't really see how he's going to, you know, increase quite significantly over that, you know, forty point average he had last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that one's just sort of a. He's one of those guys who's a good footy player, but not necessarily a good fantasy player. Somebody or one, a couple of guys that might be good fantasy players. So Bailey Simonson, although he does have an alarming uh, one point in his forty minutes or whatever that he played, which you know is just a, a testament to what we were talking about in one of our earlier pods, which is that wingers, even two hundred forty six k wingers, are nowhere near a sure thing. Bailey Simonson was probably our, and I say maybe still is the pick of our wingers. My caveat to that would be assuming that uh, Dean Iremia, who we'll talk about a little bit later from the storm, doesn't get picked. But the the centre position is one that's a little bit interesting there as well. Um, I'm hearing from my Raiders contact, it literally was just messaging before I hit record, that Croker is really, really pushing to be there for round one. So we may not have any cheapies in that centre spot for the Raiders, it might actually be Sebastian Chris if it is one week, not Tomoko, but it's only going to be that one week likely. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's a pretty uh, good warning to steer clear of, of that. Like you don't want to be stuck with a bloke after after one week. If, you know, if Croker is there round one, it's probably going to save a few coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I will say with Bailey Simonson though is obviously he's one of the only 246K guys that's basically guaranteed to be there. Um, it's basically just him and Stefano from the Tigers. All of the other ones are question marks. Obviously, Dane Laurie had an awesome game, and we'll talk about him. But I would say if there is anybody, any other better options, I'd be looking at them, but you're probably going to get boxed into Simonson come TLT, I'm feeling. One thing I will say is that Josh Hodgson. Yeah. He seemed to be... More like 2016 Josh Hodgson than 2019 Josh Hodgson or 2020 Josh Hodgson. I heard a suggestion that maybe he's taken Cam Smith's quote-unquote retirement as an opportunity to stamp his authority as the number one hooker in the game and he might have a little bit of extra motivation, which is an interesting idea, but I'm not saying that I don't think that that's possible. Yeah, he had a great game. He set up you know quite a number of uh, you know attacking plays and, you know, he, he, I think he looked what we expected. You know, he's a great footy player, but I was also noticing he's also missing a lot of tackles too, which, you know, he is quite um, prone to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still a little bit nervous fantasy-wise. I don't think he's one I'm going to pull the trigger on. But, um, yeah, like if he if he's anything like he was um, in, in, that, uh, in that game. Also to keep in mind, the, the Raiders had a – a lot of possession very on early on in that game. And, like, that that type of stuff always does sort of swing back. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, just one to keep an eye on, but I, I, I still, I'm still not there on him. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, as far as the halves go, uh, it was pretty much exactly what we thought was going to happen, which was uh, with Hodgson back, Whiten becomes uh, a boom or bust threat rather than a on-the-ball-constantly sort of player. Uh, Williams was taking more control, which is obviously what we expected, but probably given the recent sort of revelations that Fogarty, who we'll talk about when we get to the Titans, is goal-kicking probably not really going away with either of those. You happy to move on there? Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, Oh, one I will mention, obviously Papali, we've done our little stuff on any trial scores for him. 
sort of not take, taking too much attention to that. And uh, Joe Tarpany as well, who I've had a couple of people mention to me. I think he's just going to be a bit inconsistent with the minutes. He's uh, one of those sort of big play guys. But, you know, for me, I think in that price range, there's so many better options or you can pay a little bit extra and go up to those really elite guys. There's no point sort of messing around with guys that are sort of on the fringe. Speaking of no messing around, Melbourne Storm. <laughs> My God. Yeah, that was um, uh, that was ugly. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the Storm on fire, as we all have, but, you know, I just – the Knights – I had the Knights in my top eight, and I'm now wondering whether maybe I've overestimated them a little bit, considering that they weren't too far away from their full strength. Yeah, you know, we've got to try to not make too many, you know, huge leaps off one trial game. But, yeah, they they were very ordinary early on. Like, you know, we were talking about the Raiders had a lot of possession early on in their trial. The Knights, like I counted, they made about five just unforced errors in the first 20 minutes. Like, they were just dropping the ball cold, like, constantly. And in in that time, the Storm just completely ran away with it and, you know, put on about, you know, three tries in in the first half there. So... Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit concerning for Knights fans, but at the end of the day, it is just a trial. You can't read into it too much, I don't think. Yeah, I'm going to try not to take too much notice of fantasy scores and stuff in this one, but it was very heartening to see Watson's actually starting at lock and having a pretty good stint there. Somebody asked us to talk about Tyson Frizzell, and we definitely did that in the last episode. Tyson Frizzell had a career season. Do not buy Tyson Frizzell. There's so many more options there you can have a look at. Um, one guy that's interesting to me has been sort of pretty highly owned is Tex Hoy. We're getting sort of conflicting information around Ponga, um, but at the moment he's sitting in just under 12% of teams. Given the soft schedule for the Knights to start the year, where are you sitting on Hoy? Yeah, well, I know a lot of people like to, uh, you know, take take a bit of a gamble and roll the dice. Um, he's not one I've had in my team at all this uh, preseason. I, I just, I'm just not willing to to risk a bloke that you know might only get three games and then your stuff. Like it seems like he's only going to get about four games at most from the latest information we've seen. So you know he'd really have to come out of the gates firing uh, very early on. You know, which is quite possible. Like they do have a fairly soft draw to start the season but yeah i, I don't know because you know at the moment i've got tedesco and pappenhaus in my in my uh back three and you know outside of that if if dane laurie is going to be there next week or you know on the first team list of the year then you know i'd much rather have a crack at dane laurie if he's starting versus tex hoy yeah well okay i'll ask you this question this way if you were forced to choose from tex hoy or matt moylan which way would you go <laughs> tex hoy um, and and that is not a compliment to Tex Hoy. That is a scathing indictment on Matt Moylan. Yeah, with with, with Matt. Now that we know Matt Moylan's not goal kicking, I, I don't think he's a buy. No, absolutely not. Anyone else there for the Knights? Someone mentioned Stafford Toa on our post just before as well. Um, Toa's unlikely to hold a spot, even if he does get named there a little bit. Not necessarily something that I'm going to be looking at. I don't think. Where are you sitting on? Yeah, here's another one. I, I don't think we know. Do we know how long Edric's out for? Because we, we know Edric's injured at the moment. but <sighs> He's always injured, isn't he, really? He's sort of starting to get a bit that way, which is sad because I think I heard something like the Knights 
um, since Edric joined them are like a 90% win rate when Edric Lee plays or something absurd like that. He's the GOAT, mate. <laughs> he played Origin, didn't he? He did play Origin. He did, yeah, the Lee brothers. Oh, gosh. He's, a, he's an Origin winner, mate. Origin it winner. is actually embarrassing for New South Wales fans that the, the Lee brothers were in the Queensland team that beat them in the series. Like, honestly, just like, I, I think we need to send the New South Wales team to Perth and get a Victorian team in or something. <laughs> It's a good idea. Yeah. Mitch Barnett's an interesting one. Obviously, he's uh, he's probably going to be playing back row. PPM's not as good back row as it is uh, in the middle, probably in the same boat with Tarpany. He's sort of a one that, like, if you're really feeling emotionally attached to uh, having a crack, then, I mean, I've, there's, I think there's worse options, but there's also probably better ones. On the Storm side of the ball, because I'm talking about the Knights, is making me sad, uh, Dean Iremia. Winger, he's got a really nice try out on that right wing. Yeah, and he's quite cheap too. Let's uh, let's pray you know, he's named round one because they, they do have that vacant wing spot there. Hopefully we get we get a cheapie, but uh, I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Bellamy doesn't like fantasy coaches. We know that. <laughs> All coaches hate fantasy coaches, mate. That's, that's true. Um, I've, I, I'll tell you, though, we've seen enough of Remus Smith to know what he is, and we've seen enough of Brinko Lee to know that he's the GOAT. <laughs> um, but this, you know, Eremia, he sort of just, he just, he was really sort of t- twitchy is the right sort of like, you know, he sort of really, um, just qu- quick moving and just looked sh- really sharp. And I just, yeah, I just think he really sort of offered something out there and you could tell that he was just hungry. And, um, the, what the report that I read was that he had his nose in front before the trial to take that spot. And I think he certainly cannot have done himself any negatives in that in that light. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, he definitely made a good of account of himself. So um, yeah, let, let's hope he's he's there round one. Yep, absolutely. And uh, old Pap and Goat. Oh, mate, he's the best. <laughs> oh. No, I, th- I thought Pappenhausen was really electric early on. Um, you know, like he, he had a try assist that uh, went begging, where uh, Josh had a car put his foot on the touchline as he was about to put it down. You know, he was slotting goals from the sideline. Like, if he's keeping that up, it, it seems like you don't have to worry about uh, old Pap losing the goal kicking at any point. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, we all know that the Storm are going to be a, a strong team this year. And I think with the movement from Cameron Smith to Harry Grant slash Brandon Smith for this year, obviously we know Harry Grant is going to be an easy takeout of your fantasy team now because he's going to be out until round four or something like that. Brandon Smith will play the exact same way that Grant was going to, though, which is just absolute balls to the wall. Um, you know, we know that's how Munster plays. We know how that's Hughes plays, and we know that's how Pappenhausen plays. You know, they've got some really good forwards there. Um, and I'm sort of expecting that that will kick their attack really into gear there, so we'll be looking for Pappenhausen. I think, if anything, maybe the Grant injury might help the other three because Grant's more of a ball player than Smith is, whereas I think Smith's more of a runner. So it'll be interesting to see how that all impacts things. Did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I mean, do you, I, I saw we got a question about the cheese. Do you uh, do you have any interest in the cheese round one? Um, I'm Mate, look- I do not. I'm looking at him now. He had five starts at hooker last season and he averaged 55 in 69 minutes. His break-even's 45. Okay. Hmm. Uh, it really depends how long he's going to get, though, because, you know, when was Harry Grant back? Around round four, wasn't it? Round four. It's probably not enough. 
But, you know, like if we're talking about a little bit of momentum, maybe he comes back and, and then he only plays 60 minutes and uh, Smith plays 20 and 40 in the middle. And, you know, it's it's certainly possible. I think it's just more, um, what is he, 600 and something cheese? Yeah, 602,000. It's quite a lot. Mm, yeah. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and said him or Arrow after the weekend, I would say Brandon Smith now. But, no, I, I think probably not. Probably end up down paying 100k less and getting Kate. Well, I think, but yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't chastise, chastise anybody for it. I just think you could do better with 600k. An interesting one now, though, is Kamikamitha. Now that um, Brandon Smith's going to be out, there's a pretty good chunk of middle minutes that need to be soaked by somebody. At 380k, he represents an interesting buy where he's sort of on the lower end before, but maybe tipping him into having some some more minutes there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, uh, like he's one we've spoken about before. Well, let me ask you this: So you got Colin McCungy sitting in your team at the moment, I'm assuming. Correct. If uh, he doesn't get that spot and it goes to Jacob Host. Uh, which we'll sort of get to. Uh, if that happens, though, it, would you look at a Kamikamitha for a 5K less? You know, I'd consider it. But, like, like, again, in the same way we were talking about Brandon Smith, you know, we know that he's only got three weeks and then Harry Grant's back and then what mm. happens to Kamikamika's minutes then? You know, do they drop back? He's probably relying on another injury there to to sustain those minutes. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't think three weeks is going to be quite long enough. Yeah. I mean, the, the benefit of when he's starting at 380K is it, you know, it doesn't take, it only takes one big score to really drop that BE down. Whereas, you know, when you're starting at 600K, it's sort of a little bit of a different proposition. Probably still, like, I'd probably pay the 10K extra and go to Matt Lodge at that point. But yeah. um, it's certainly an interesting. I mean, you've got to keep in mind, like, they've still got Jesse Bromwich and Dale Finucane and Christian Welch and Naz. Like, you know, there's still yeah. quite, a, quite a lot of forwards there that can soak up a lot of minutes. Yeah, so he'd still be the fifth middle at that point. Mm. Really? Oh, uh, interesting one to have a look at. Is that it for the Storm, really? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't. Yep. That's cool beans. All right, we'll move on to probably what I would suggest was the most boring game of the weekend, uh, which was the Titans and Warriors. From a fantasy standpoint, though, quite interesting, I thought. One thing I will say, and I'm sure this probably, I'm hoping that this is the only time I'll have to say this this year, but Corey Thompson is absolutely not a fullback. (laughs) The Titans looked really, really good in attack with Brimson out the back there, distributing the ball, boom. Brimson goes off the field, Thompson moves to fullback, and every single player that's not in the middle third of the field doesn't touch the ball again for the rest of the game. Yeah, he just loves to dance around with it, doesn't he? He doesn't like to, Mate, <laughs> to hand it I, off. I remember last year when he was at the – was he at the Tigers? Yeah, I think it might have been the year. I think he switched mid-year to the Titans. So he was at, whatever team he was playing, I can't remember who he was playing for, before he played to the, for the Titans. And yeah. I owned the centre. I think it must have been – it must have been the Tigers and it was Leilua. I had Leilua. Yeah. And he was just, every time he got the ball, he would just run straight at the defense and Leilua would be standing outside him, just wide open in this gaping chasm of a hole to run through. And Thompson would like look at him and be like, nah, and like take the hit up. And, oh, it's just absolutely raging. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no, nah, yeah, I just, I like Thompson is great 
a great winger in terms of like, you know, exactly what you get from him, those dirty carries nobody wants to do. But if he's ever in charge of needing to pass the ball, it's just an absolute nightmare. So hopefully Brimson stays in the park and that doesn't happen because the reason why I'm bringing it up is Kelly literally did not touch the ball in the second half after that because, yeah, they were sort of getting the, the early ball out to Kelly and a couple of nice little runs, a couple of tackle busts, a little offload there, bang. I reckon every single one of his 18 points happened when Brimson was on the field. <laughs> that's probably a good point. I'm not. I'm, that is dead serious. That's not a joke. That's that is legit. It was just, it was shocking. So I was in there watching Kelly going, "Oh yeah, this is pretty good." He started off really great, and I guess the thing with the Titans as well is because they got Fafita playing on that right edge. Um, they're really looking for Kelly to be the the attacking spark on that with Fogarty out on that left edge. So it's certainly um, presenting some interest. Um, so basically, if Brimson's fit, Kel's Kelly's good, but if Thompson ends up at fullback, then you're going to be hating yourself. So um, I will say that just putting that out there if something happens to Brimson. What did you think about Kelly, though, outside of, I mean, in the 30 minutes where he was allowed to touch the ball? <laughs> yeah, when he was uh, when he when Thompson wasn't playing keep away, Kelly was uh, was pretty electric. Um, you know, I think he showed flashes of of sort of the the guy we expect this year. Like he we sh- he showed us what he was last year and sort of what we expect this year. And he looks like he could be a a cup price keeper going into twenty twenty one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of cup price keepers, Jamal Fogarty. Yeah. Um, with the goal kicking, he becomes a really interesting proposition. Yeah, as soon as I saw him uh, lining up that first kick with Herbert, you know, on the field as well and, and not taking the kicks, my, you know, my eyebrows in, instantly went up and <laughs> I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. Fogarty could be a, a great buy here. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, speaking of, uh, um, thank you for handballing that to one to me. Um, did you know how Patrick Herbert played the whole game? I did, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And did you see how many fantasy points he scored? Pretty similar to his All Stars appearance. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was twelve points. Legitimately, I'm absolutely sure that Greg Marju took more runs in the first five minutes he was on the field than Herbert did in the entire eighty minutes and he was on field. Um, that being said, I believe that Herbert is actually going to win that spot in the centres, not Marju, and mostly due to the fact that although Greg is absolutely going to be a Fantasy gun, when he gets a start, he has a lot to learn at that centre position. Yeah, he yeah. was just constantly out of position at centre. And, like, he was doing a lot of runs, but there was a couple of times there where they were trying to do a really nice attacking shape to that left-hand side. And I don't know where he was standing, but he wasn't where he should have been. Yeah, you, you know, he, he didn't play uh, – I don't think he really – I think he only played about one game last year before the – you know, reserve grade comp got called off. So, you know, it's something that'll come with experience. If he, you know, spends a few weeks in in Reggie's, maybe, you know, yeah. maybe push Herbert for that spot, and we're all we're all smiling. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a nice little um, mid season cash down cash cow type type situation later. A um, couple of guys in the forwards though we need to talk about. First one, Mitch Rain. Um, we were sort of pretty keen on him, assuming that Tana Boyd wasn't going to get named, but it seems to me maybe now that. Uh, Tanner Boyd isn't going to be named. Peachy's going to spend some time at Ooker. Yeah, he's one. Rain is uh, getting a little bit more iffy every day. Um, yeah, because, you know, we noticed that Peach came on and played hooker towards the end of that game, and I, I don't think Rain played particularly long from memory. Um, no, well, they had um, – I, I think it was Aaron Clark 
came on sort of in the second half and spent some time at hooker. Uh, and then, yeah, then Peachy played the last sort of 15 minutes at hooker as well. Yeah, well, I mean, how does that make you feel about, um, since we're putting a line through rain pretty much, how does that make you feel about the Peach seeing him well, play hooker? Mate, I was pretty um, optimistic about him, if I'm being honest, uh, seeing that he – that the big concern for me was with all these guys, when you got Jared Wallace, who actually had an absolute blinder, a Fodewaker, who's always really good, you got both edges playing 80 minutes, and you got Tino Peachy, Jolliffe, you know, where's the where's the minutes in terms of Peachy? And I sort of figuring that maybe that middle was 15 or 20 minutes short of, of people playing their optimum minutes, but it seems to me like maybe that that's going to happen via Peachy spending some time at hooker, which is, you know, is fine. He does tend to be a little bit more run first, pass second, similar, well, not similar to Corey Thompson because nobody's that run first, pass second, but... Like, it was very run first, pass second. Um, so my only thing with that would be maybe uh, maybe Holbrook will see that and know that um, they were really struggling to actually distribute the ball in that last 15 minutes and they had plenty of ball on that attacking line and weren't able to turn it into points. So potentially that might work against that. And all of that, when you've got question marks over a guy that's 520-something thousand, it's probably given what we spoke about with the center episodes in, I think it was episode two, you're, I believe you're of the same opinion as me as you can probably just cheap out in your centers and, and look to get that gun elsewhere. Yeah. Like if I was to go for a gun, I, I don't think I'd be willing to go past Kelly at like 460 odd. Uh, like that, that 530 is just a little bit too much, you know, like he's mm. probably, you know, he's probably not going to go up a whole lot. But at the same time, you know, you might be spending 530k on a guy that, you know, that goes up maybe two points worth of value, and you know, you've spent all this money on a go- on a, on a center that's scoring 40, you know, 40 points. Where you, you know you could have redistrib- redistributed that money elsewhere to, you know, to better balance your team. It's it's probably a bit too much, a bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, no, fair enough. Good, good stuff. We'll briefly touch on. Tino, uh, seeing as he's like the most owned player in fantasy, obviously scored a really, really nice try, but that try would have been worth 15 points between the try, the line break, and uh, the one or two tackle busts and the and the 40 metres that he ran. Without that big attacking play, he's in a mid-30s score playing, what did he play, 40 minutes? Yeah, I think he, I think he played 40 minutes and didn't come back. Yeah, so... Um, given that we're looking at Tino with a break-even of 43, um, that 34 in 40 minutes is about where his PPM sort of sits as a trialist player. Yeah, so so at, at a PPM in the 0.85-ish range, um, that's sort of where, where we're expecting. And, you know, at 50 minutes, that puts you in the low 40s. You're really relying on attacking play, plays consistently to get that 10 points of value? Yeah, he's uh, he's one where I was like, you know, uh, I was starting to put the panic lights on a little bit. Where mm, I was yeah. another bloody try. You just can't stop scoring damn tries, big Tito. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Titans do a fairly soft draw, like, you know, straight out of the bag. Like the, They've got the Warriors, Broncos, uh, the Cowboys. I know you think the Cowboys are top four, but after okay. that. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and then they've got the Raiders in Newcastle. So, it, like, it's not uh, an incredibly tough draw. You know, we, we sort of think, um, you know, we've noticed last year Holbrook likes to have a guy, uh, a forward play 40 minutes in the first half, and then they usually come back on for the last 15 or so minutes in the back end, which is seems like that could be Tino's role this year, playing that, um, you know, that 40 to start and then 15 in the back end, get about 55 minutes total. Um which is pretty good for a middle forward. There's not many middle forwards that play significantly more than that. Yeah. Yeah, but I got that PPM again. Like, oh, you, you just, I just hate betting on a guy that I know, like a forward that I know is going to have to score a try. But if he scores a try, he's going to put out a huge, you know, probably 70 point score. But man, I just don't want to bet on a forward to score a try every game to. You know, to to get me to get me there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I'm softening slightly on my position to say, you know what? If you want to take the gamble that he's going to score yeah. a bunch of tries, you know, good luck to you. But you know, at at 570k, like you know, I think you know, for if you're looking for mid 40s, um, you can get that out of Chad Townsend for 130k less. You can get it out of. Um, you know, a bunch of other players. Matt Lodge at 390K might give you mid-40s. You know, like, if, if I wanted to take a punt on a guy that, like, I want to score in the low 50s, I, I'd probably go for a guy like Luke Brooks over, over Tino, you know? Like, mm. I, I'm, pro- I'm probably done trying to talk people out of Tino, but, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still not there on him. No, nah, absolutely. Good luck to you if you want to grab him. It's not for us, but, uh, yeah, it's your... You know, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll be... Exactly where everybody else is, the thirty-five percent of teams that have him. If he does well, and if he does poorly, then you know you'll be where they are as well. And and everybody that knows that he's not a, really that good of a buy will be in front. Um, moving on to the Warriors. Uh, obviously, Wade Egan got injured. Uh, he's going to be out for the first was it five weeks or something like that. No, Gus. I saw Gus tweeted he'll be back by round two. Apparently. Oh, okay. Well. Yep. Mate, Adam Fnall Blake was an absolute monster. I think he played 60 minutes in a row. I mean, we've sort of come to expect that from him now. You know, he was a a monster at Manly. And, man, it was a lot of minutes um, in a forward pack that we've sort of had our concerns about, you know, where are the minutes going to come from? Are you thinking about taking a punt? I know you had him last year. Are you thinking about taking a punt again on, on big Adam? Mate, well, let me put something to you. Ben Murdoch Masilla. Uh, I think we can comfortably say that he's not an 80-minute back rower. Do you know how many times Katoa played 80 minutes last year? Oh, I don't. I can't imagine it was much from memory. I think he was, he was always around like sort of that 60-minute mark, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. So Katoa only got through the 80 minutes on four occasions. Okay. So average is 69 minutes. Um, there was 52, 65, 54, 63, 61, and then a bunch of 80-minute performances in there as well. I could put it to you that we might end up with precisely zero 80-minute forwards at the Warriors, um, and we might have a bunch of 60-minute forwards. That would be very bad for some and possibly good for others. <laughs> well, we know that Fanua Blake's PPM's up around one, so... If he manages to play 55 to 60 minutes every week, uh, he could definitely represent a little bit of value there at 659K. 
Yeah, you know, last time we saw Nathan Brown as well, he was playing, uh, you know, he's running David Clemmer absolutely into the ground. So maybe he likes to have that big minute forward. Um, that said, again, like I don't think he's one I'm willing to take a punt on round one. Like it'll be one that I want to wait and see what his role is first because, you know, we know Tohu's there. We know Tohu can play huge minutes, you know, and there still is a lot of other forwards there like, you know, Tamua Brown and... Uh, you know, Leeson Armour amongst others. So, yeah. What, well, what about Leeson there? For um, we know that Leeson's PPM off the bench is way way better than his PPM at the start. I did see something about Tornor Brown getting the start and Leeson being off the bench. If that's the case at three hundred and sixty k, would you have a punt on Leeson if the if it's looking like there's not going to be any eighty minute edge back rolls? I mean, I'd definitely be willing to consider it. Um, you know, really have to see what that that bench looks like. Um, you know, we we know Leeson. You know, his PPM is huge. His break even is only twenty seven. He, he could definitely represent value. Um, I, I think it's going to depend as well once we get to Teamless Tuesday. Like, what? Who else is around that? Um, you know, that sort of mark. And yeah, and ben- like we've got our our two sort of favourite ones at the moment, which is Cole Matungi and Ricky. Um, and Davey, if he gets the spot, you know, what's the chances that we're only going to get one out of three of those? Yeah, it's, it's probably going to take a few things to fall his way to get him to get me to get him in my team. Yeah, but it's a shame because he's actually really fun to watch. And no, he runs like a block of flats. Yeah, did you say flats? I said flats, mate. Oh, okay, good. That's better. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, a block of what? <laughs> I think you hear what you want to hear. Uh, what else? Toru Harris. Um, he's sort of played pretty big minutes, which is what we sort of come to expect. But given the acquisition of these new forwards, is it possible that maybe they're going to be asking him to do a little bit less of the grunt work this year compared to what he had to do last year? Yeah, well, I mean, based on what we just said about, you know, Adam Fanua Blake, it's certainly a possibility. You know, I... I can't imagine too many coaches would be wanting a guy to be playing 80 with the, you know, with the increased speed of the game. It, I, I don't know. To me, it just seems sort of counterintuitive to run a guy into the ground playing in the middle, just tackling and, you know, for so long. It, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, that's just me. If I was coaching, you know, we know Nathan Brown did that with Clemmer. Um, but I, I'd sort of expect a little bit of a step back. Like, there's nowhere to go but down when you're playing 80 minutes every week. <laughs> Yeah, correct. Yeah, and I know he's been pretty popular with the dual position and and all of that sort of stuff. But I think Angus Crichton's sort of comfortably in front of Torhu Harris for me. And I think if I was going to look at Torhu, I'd probably end up stepping down. Like, you know, I sort of posed this question to you earlier in the week uh, via, uh, like, Facebook messages. Um, what's the benefit of paying an extra 80K to go to Madison over McCulloch? And I would probably argue the same question with regards to Torhu Harris. Yeah, uh, same same point. You know, they're, they're priced exactly the same, Tohu and Madison. And if I had to pick between those two, I'd take Madison. And then if I had to pick between those two plus McCulloch, I'd, I'd take McCulloch. Yeah. I think even if they're at the same price, I might even take McCulloch. Yeah. Um, I, can, I really can't understand why he's only 2.6%, but I'm sure we'll get there. Um, ben Murdoch, my is probably the last one we need to touch on from the Warriors. Oh, and I guess Roger Tuovasashek, all the Warriors fans will have a bloody mannerism. This, this is a Warriors fan podcast, baby. It we is. And their entire team. My Warriors jersey's in the mail. Yes. Um, okay, so the Murdoch Masilla, he 
Probably looking like he's going to play 55 to 60 minutes on the edge. Um, any any interest there? <laughs> uh, in a word, no. Um, that said, he did look pretty damn good. Like he had like that footwork. Or he was Mate, that, that first touch that I saw him do where he put that big shimmy step on and went through the gap, I literally logged into fantasy and put him into my team <laughs> and started ripping it apart. And I was like, no, I just can't do that. And and then I was like watching him and I was like, yeah, he's sort of making tackles. But, you know, like he, he'll he probably, I think he'll probably average about where he's priced. Yeah, I agree. You know, he, 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 with that footwork though, you're like maybe he's 120 kilo uh, Roger. He could put him at oh, full. I literally had a big rush of blood and I was like, oh, better, yeah, get him in. And then I was like started taking players out and replacing them with worse players to to do that. And I was like, oh, no, this is just, this is not happening. Um. And then RTS, um, he looked real like he looked pretty good um, in in not the whole game, but um, mate, did you see that pass that he did where it just landed about a meter on the deck away from the player that he was trying to pass it to, left or right? I think that's just uh, proof that even the greats occasionally uh, <laughs> don't get it right, <laughs> mate. It looked like oh, I would have done it, that pass. I um, think you give yourself too much credit. <laughs> I will say uh, I had some concerns because that right elbow, um, it may as well have been a bionic arm, how much strapping he had on that. I'm wondering if maybe he's got some sort of injury there because that passing that that elbow would have been the the weight that carrying, like the power would have come from that arm. So I wonder if maybe he's uh, he's got an injury there. Um, mate, I think with the, the advent of Pappenhausen goal kicking, we can put away the... RTS or Pappenhausen debate, though. Yeah, like with that, uh, the Pappenhausen goal kicking is a bit of a game changer. Like without goal kicking, they're probably fairly similar in terms of scoring. But um, that six, well, probably eight points for the Storm a game is just an absolute, you know, like you cannot, you know, you just, you need to pay the extra 30K. You can't, you need to find somewhere else to save the 30 grand that's not there. Yeah. Um, you and Aiken, busy as usual. Um, Kemba Marlowe non-existent because of the aforementioned Ewan Aitken. I think that's about it. Um, don't get Ewan Aitken at round one. I know um, I heard someone talking about getting uh, elite, like him as an elite centre and locking him away for round one, but that's uh, I don't think that's the play. You right to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's, uh, let's go Sharks Doggies. Yeah, Kyle Flanagan Cup. Yes. Um, mate, uh, Moylan looked really good for real football and yeah. he did about what we expected fantasy wise um which is not a lot yeah i mean but that's been the story of his career like even back when he was um you know been talked up as you know an origin fullback um he was always sort of that way you know like good footy wise but he, he's he's never really been that elite fantasy player and um yeah, I sort of got those same vibes watching him out there. You know, if he was goal kicking, he would be one I would consider. But um, since Chad's just doing absolutely everything, yeah, I don't know. I'm steering clear. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, Chad's an interesting one for me. He didn't score that well fantasy-wise, but he does have a low score in him, um, obviously. Uh, and that was only, I don't think he played the entire game, did he? No, I think he only played about 55, 60 minutes, something like that. Yeah, so, you know, he's going to have those 30-somethings in there sprinkled in with the 50-somethings. Um, I think the 
the um, Sharks were miles on top for most of the time he was on the field as well. So he wasn't really being asked to do that much. It was a lot of running it through the forwards. Obviously, Fafida being a bench forward does not uh, do anything for our fantasy excitement. Um, we're expecting Tolman and Rudolph back in for round one, so don't get too excited about Magulia starting. Um, but if he does get a start later on in the year, he's somebody to have a look at, but I think he'd probably a couple of people would have to drop out first. Dugan's injured, surprise, surprise. Uh, Jesse Ramian played all right without really sort of doing a lot. I think sort of um, he's sort of in that boat where you look at him and then you look at James Roberts and you ask yourself why he's spending 100K more. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like he, he hasn't really been uh, – he only really had that one big season where he was an elite uh, center when he when he first broke out onto the scene. Outside of that, he really hasn't lived up to it. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, it, like you said, I'd rather go for a James Roberts. Yep, I think that's about it. Um, Franklin Ballet, take him out of your teams. He's not even going to be in the tide in round one. Put him away. Um, on the Bulldog side of the ball, Kyle Flanagan touched the ball a lot. The I think their attack was pretty good, but I think they're going to get found out pretty quick, the doggies. Yeah, they, they weren't great in the first half, but they definitely uh, turned it up a little bit in the second half. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of expecting a bit more. I, like, you know, I know Baz hasn't been there that long yet, um, so we've got to give it time. We've got to give time for these combinations to form. And, uh, like, this year is very different in the fact that you know a lot of these players are only playing the one trial game versus years past that have multiple so yeah it, it definitely made me a little bit more concerned about um Flanagan and Hopawati to start the year and uh, as soon as I saw Fogarty goal kicking I was like well there goes Flanagan <laughs> there goes my uh, my one week with Flanagan in my team <laughs> yeah um Ophie Giogden was pretty busy um he was somebody that we flagged uh, in, I think, the pod podcast, he sort of did pretty well. And Hetherington was busy while scoring exactly where we sort of thought he was going to. Yeah. I mean, we know who Hetherington is. Like, he hasn't changed. He's the same player. You know, he's um, he's one of those guys that just – he seems to actually be all right footy-wise, but just fantasy-wise, he's just all over the shop. Yeah. Well, I don't think I actually – like, did he actually go up the field? He played massive amount of minutes. Obviously, there's – Dylan Napa didn't actually um, play in this one, and they've also got Fatal Marita to come back, which is going to push either Waddell or Elliot into the middle rotation. But he still only scored 33, and it feels like he didn't go off the field. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the dogs had most of their um, most of their starters on until, like, that three-quarter time break. Yeah. Mate, I will say I was very impressed with Adam Elliott. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was one I was not expecting to see Adam, Adam Elliott playing on an edge. Um, yeah, if he, if he locks down that 80-minute edge role next to Fatala Marina, he could be an interesting prospect. Mate, well, either way, we're going to get him or Corey Waddell. And Waddell has a really nice average at back row as well. Um, I had a look at Dory and his back row stats, and they are not very exciting. So that would be the worst case scenario. But I'm actually kind of, um, I think Waddell was like 46 in his 80 minute back row starts, which is obviously really, really good. But I think Elliot's probably going to get the, get the spot. The only thing that heartened me to the fact that it might be Waddell is that Elliot played on the left and Waddell played on the right. And five dollar Marino is definitely a left edge back rower. Mm. 
So, I mean, Elliot, I don't think he really cares. He'd be the sort of guy that would play both sides, no problem. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he gets an 80-minute back row start, given he looked really, like, looked really fit, I can see why um, Leisha's missus was interested. Uh (laughs) But at at 596K, he's a nice little, um, you know, only 44 break-even, average 47 last year, and that has an injury-affected score in it. Did you really say that? (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, where do I go from there? <laughs> yeah, he, he's um. Oh. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, like he's passing closer. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! I'm going to mute myself. Yeah, he's priced around that 600k mark. You know, we were talking about guys like, um, you know, Jai Arrow and, you know, Cheese and and blokes of that caliber. I think he's one I'd probably be willing to take a punt on before before some of them. Um, that said, like, we don't have a very big sample size of him in, in uh, him on the edge, but from what we've seen, he, he looks he looks pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, the what we did see of him on the edge in the past wasn't uh, anywhere near. 50. So it's probably going to be not something that I'm going to get into when I'm really sort of sticking to guys that I can see a clear path to them being a gun or um, cheapies. So probably not a go for me, but certainly like if you're sitting there with Tino and you're you're thinking about your life and whether or not you really want to gamble on him, um, maybe take Adam Elliott because it'll make watching Bulldogs games more interesting. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Like, and I think what you said was uh, very true about like taking guys that you can see a clear path to, you know, that clear value. And, and I think sort of Adam Elliott's in that sort of Tino range where, uh, could he could very, yeah, he could very easily, you know, bang out a couple of tries like Fatala Mariner did last year and like Tino did last year and really boost his score, or he could end up say, Tino without tries and just, you know, average mid-40s. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, um, speaking of guys who didn't score a try, Will Hopawati, 41 points without a try. Yeah, he looked good in the second half. He had a, quite a number of try assists once the Bulldogs finally got their attack going. Um, yeah, he, he looked like uh, the Hopawati of old. But I'm still a little bit concerned about that that Bulldogs attack and how it's going to mm. look um, yeah. throughout the season. Mate, well, considering that the amount of space that North Luma was creating for James Roberts, um, yeah, I think I'm going to be boxed in there. And I don't I, just budget budget wise, I'm not sort of, I don't really have a clear path to getting Hopper, um, but he's one that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. So moving along to the Charity Shield, um, this was an enthralling game, um, tightly contested the whole way by the Rabbitohs fighting with each other to see who can score the most tries. Cody Walker just was an absolute menace. And, mate, I'll tell you, like, there was a – they went across to a – like a shot from behind the goal line, behind the Dragons defenders, and no joke, there was, like, six Rabbitohs attacking players running at three Dragons defenders just every single time they went to that sort of shot. And, like, when you got Latrell Mitchell – Alex Johnson, Adam Reynolds, and then Gagai running at you with Alex Johnson. Like it's just you're like, how do you, where do you, who do you stop? 
<laughs> yeah, the dragons uh, took the name Charity Shield quite literally. They were yes. given away, <laughs> given away everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but Latrell and Cody Walker just both looked electric. Um, yeah. if, if that's a sign of anything to come, uh, <laughs> spoon straight to the dragons and premiers <laughs> rabbitos. But yeah. you know, I don't want to overreact after one trial. But my God, did the rabbitos look good? Yeah, no, they did. They looked fantastic. Mate, Latrell Mitchell, um, while not – he looked exactly like he normally looked physically, but he just sort of seemed to be very sort of sharp, um, mm. like like he was in those three games when we all got sucked into buying him uh, last year before he sort of decided that he wasn't finished playing for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's um, you know, he's one we talked about a couple of weeks ago and we sort of put a line through him just because of how low his – his base stats are like he, he doesn't run for many meters. Um, you know, that said, you know, he, he is a bit of a, a flat track bully in terms of he loves to run up the score on, you know, some of these lesser teams because he, you know, like, like we said, he's very electric and he, he can put on those tries and try assists. Um, would he be one you're willing to take a punt on with the early schedule, the Rabbitohs? Um, Considering that they've got Melbourne and the Roosters in the first three weeks, probably not. Yeah. Um, although he might score enough points in that Manly game that it sort of ends up at a 50-point average anyway, even if he gets 17 in the other two games. Um, they were just, oh, my God. Oh, I'm, I won't. I'm, we'll let it get there. Um, one person that could be of interest, though, if the Rabbitohs are going to get their blood up a little bit is Adam Reynolds. Um, so he averaged 55 last year within the new rules. Actually, I need to take that so that it's just a regular season. Yep, 55 in the new rules, but also uh, that had 3.8 goals per game. I'm thinking that the Rabbitohs are probably going to average more than four tries a game this year. He's currently priced at 52. Contract year, he's playing for that extension that he wants. Could you could you have a crack at Adam Reynolds for 698? Yeah, he's not one I considered, but man, I could I could definitely make a case. Um, you know, seeing that like the fifty-five average under the new rules, maybe tack on an extra you know, two points in in goal kicking. So you know, he's averaging you know four goals a game or something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I could definitely make a case there for value. Um, you know, like you said, uh, you know they got Manly in round two, the Bulldogs in round four, Broncos round five. I mean, there's a chance he could get off to a hot start if he can get um, get past the Storm and the Roosters unscathed. Mm. He's actually surprisingly highly owned at 6.6%. I expected him to be like 1% to 2%. So, I didn't expect that. Yeah, wow. Um, he's actually less of a pod than Fogarty is. Wow. So, yeah, that's really wild. Um, no, I, I don't – given that I've just seen that he's not a pod at all, I probably won't bother. Um, but, yeah, certainly – well, he um, he had 35 points in the first half, fantasy-wise, um, with four goals. Um, you know, so, I mean, I know we don't don't take too much away from, from trial scores, but that's certainly following that pattern um, from what we saw last year. Um, there was a lot of really good scores in, in this too. Like, his first two, his first three ap- appearances, um, he had two games that were sub-30, but then didn't score sub-30 again for the rest of the year. Um, and had a lot of games in the 70s and 80s and in the high 60s. So certainly somebody to keep an eye on, maybe even in a draft or something like that. 
Yeah, probably a good uh, draft prospect. Yeah, because he seems he maybe he's flying a little bit under the radar, although maybe not. Mate, an interesting one for me is Damien Cook. Mm. Um, being that the Rabbitohs were basically just playing along the edges, and I mean the the Mills did a fantastic job. Tom Burgess and Tavita Totola were just absolutely immense. Um, and I mean, while we're on that topic, that's probably bad news for Jai Arrow and Cameron Murray, I guess. Yeah, I know you were uh, you were high on Arrow a few weeks back, but um, I also know you've cooled off a bit on him. Bit on him now. Yeah, no, I yeah, uh, I think given that information, I'm probably inclined to avoid avoid Arrow now. Um, I'm not even 100 percent sure he's going to start now, given how well they performed. Um, I think Jacob Host. Uh, scored a lot of fantasy points compared to what we normally expect out of him. And I'm really hoping that he doesn't manage to win that spot. Um, They did seem to play a lot to the left, um, which obviously um, Sewer plays on the right. So whoever wins that spot will play on the left. Uh, There's an interesting stat here on NRL.com. So play the ball speeds. Cameron Murray actually was really slow at 4.1, but Colin Matungi was almost an entire second faster play the ball speed than Jacob Host. Wow. Which is pretty impressive. So they had um, Colin Matungi at 3.2 seconds, which is, you know, like um, Tom Burgess was 3.5 seconds to vault to total was 3.9 seconds. So Colin Matungi obviously is, we know he's a big unit and he play he can play on that edge and just absolutely wreak havoc for the defenders. I'm really hoping that he gets that spot. Like, I know some people said to me that they were a bit concerned that he only scored 40 points with a try, but, um, you know, he didn't need to do a lot of work in a game. The Rabbitohs are not going to flog every single team like that. They will flog some teams, absolutely, uh, probably at least two in the first four weeks. But, you know, they're not going to keep doing it, and, I mean, they might. (laughs) But, yeah, 69 minutes, 40 fantasy points with a try, still pretty good. He's going to move over to that left edge where Host um, scored really, really well. I'd be very surprised if they choose to go with Host. Uh, and, I mean, like, we know Host is only 350K, but I, I can't do that to myself again. I, I can't. Like, it was too bad the first time when he was at the Dragons. I know he's on a better team, but the man just just can't hold on to a tackle. He misses tackles for fun. Yeah. No, he's, he's, had, a, he's had a crack. Wayne Bennett, I'm calling it. Give Colin Matungi his chance. Um, outside of that, obviously Murray is good, um, but he's probably not going to need to play those big minutes that he played last year in this pack now where these guys is absolutely firing. And, you know, the addition of Arrow, I think we're probably just going to be staying away from Murray until we see what his role's like. Is there anyone else in the back line you want to talk to? Campbell Graham. Um, I sort of heard some people speaking about him. I think the boys on um, Talking League were pretty keen on him, but, you know, he's probably another one in that camp of uh, don't spend money on centres in round one. Yeah, well, like one interesting one um, in the interchange there was Josh Mansour. He played, you know, 40 minutes, uh, scored a try, got about 25 points. Maybe he's, uh, once he does, um, you know, get the starting spot, if uh, the rabbits just keep on tailing people up, maybe he's a pod wing fullback option later on in the year. But He managed not- to average 40-plus last year, though. So, I mean, how much growth is, he, is there for him as a winger? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, you can score some more tries being with the Rabbitohs because Crichton was pinching a lot of tries at the Panthers mm-hmm. last year. That's um, that's one thing. But, again, like that's like how, like you said, how much more can he improve? Yeah, you're splitting hairs a little bit there. I think at 552K, there's going to be better options either going up 100 or down 200. Yeah. 
All right. Um, for the dragons, what to say about the dragons? Pharmacilli. Mm. Yes. Uh, yes. Starting prop. Uh, played twenty four minutes. Looks really, really good physically. Um, so I played twenty four minutes. Got through you know a decent amount of work considering that fifty percent of the time that the ball like of the clock time that he was in there, the they were the Rabbitohs were kicking goals. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was an exciting option. Like as soon as I saw he was named to start a prop, uh, I started getting uh, a bit excited for Teamless Tuesday. I'm hoping that yeah. he's there. Yeah, I saw your t- I saw your tweet with the uh, the looking eyes. Yeah, um, uh, you because know, we we were hoping it would be either him or Alvaro because we thought either one of those would be good buys. Um, the surprising thing to me was Josh Kerr playing on an edge. Um, yeah. A lot of people. Oh, well, Josh, he was he was certainly standing on the edge. Um, <laughs> Whether he p- played there is, you know, I guess it depends on your definition of the word played. Um, he certainly, he's, he was definitely out on the edge and I'm pretty sure I saw some green jerseys run past him a bunch of times. I will be very surprised if that experiment continues, if I'm being honest. Yeah, me too. It didn't, uh, didn't fill me with a lot of hope, but, I mean, it's got to put people with Jackson Ford in a, in a little bit of concern maybe. Uh, so that's out of them. Yeah, I mean, Andrew McCulloch. Uh, did exactly what we sort of expected from him. Not very many runs. He did have forty run meters, which is pretty nice. It's a nice little, nice little bonus. But obviously, the large majority of his stuff's going to be tackling. Oh, I mean, especially in a game where the Rabbitohs are just running it up and down the park, he's going to be tackling his butt off. And you know, playing for the Dragons, he's probably going to be doing a lot of that. But fifty-three points in sixty-one minutes is exactly what I wanted to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I'm I would be. I would suggest that. It's gonna have to be something catastrophic for me to not pick him round one. Um, mate, you did touch on Jackson Ford. I I was listening to the 18th Man Fantasy podcast. I don't know if you've heard that one before um, this afternoon, and they were sort of doing their analysis on Ford. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, I actually sent him a tweet this afternoon that they, I think that they got their analysis on ho- host right, but then sort of maybe ended up at the wrong place which is that, you know, obviously Ford did really well in reserve grade, but then obviously as we discussed on our one of our earlier pods, he was playing in a really, really good team and he's now going to be playing uh, not in a really, really good team. Um, and that he does come out of the line a fair bit and do the old James Maloney. Hmm. Um, and that's a real worry for me for 6% of teams um, with Jackson Ford. Yeah, I agree. Like we've we've spoken about Ford for for quite a bit um, over the last few weeks now, and I don't think either of us uh, currently have him in the team in our teams. No. Um, yeah, just just playing in that Dragons team, they're probably going to be leaking a lot of points, and leaking points usually comes with missed tackles, and yeah, that doesn't bode well for an edge second rower that has a missed tackle in his game. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think definitely that's just more confirmation that we need to stay away from him. Alvaro could actually be an interesting one, even though if, if he even if he does play off the bench. Mm. Um, obviously, we know his PPM is really good. He only needs thirty five minutes to put up those scores. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, see what the bench is looking like in round one. Like if there's maybe you know like a Foy Mayona or someone on there that. Um, you know, or a utility of some description. Um, yeah, Elvira could be a very interesting uh, cash cow option. Yeah. Um, I've heard Paul Vaughan's name test- tossed up a little bit as well. Uh, I just don't think he's got enough upside there for me for the minutes. Um, so he scored really well in the trial, but also scored a try, so that helps. 
But uh, Jack Bird still sitting in 20.7% of teams. Yeah. You know, I see he didn't do terribly in the trial. Like, he got 23 points in 51 minutes. Um, so that sort of projects out to be a low 30s. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, <laughs> Which is pretty good for a centre, really. Um, yeah. The problem is he's already priced at 28. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a trial is centre at that. Um, <sighs> and all, but also, though, that being said, on, on his favour, um, they were getting a bath and he still managed to put up 23 which would have been low 30s for a centre, which is pretty good. The problem is I'm just curious about in which games that the Dragons are not going to be getting a bath this year. Yeah, they're probably going to be relying on uh, playing some bottom eight teams for um, for mm. them to be putting up points. Uh, yeah, like, you know, like he's just like 370K. It's just, you know, it's like we were talking about, it's only another, what, like 20-odd K to get Will Hopawati or... Yeah. You know, we get Paul Momorowski for that prize. Who, like, we mm. we don't think he's the best buy, but I, yeah. I, think, I think he'll probably average more than Bird. I think I, I want to thank you because I think I was starting to try and talk myself into getting Bird, and I'm really glad that you've that you've put your foot down there. <laughs> um, You're yeah, no, don't get him. He sucks. Um, that's about it for the Dragons, I think. Um, looking like maybe we are not going to get any cash cows from this team at all, aside from the two. The bloody the two forwards, Farmacilli and Alvaro. Moving on to the next game, uh, that would be the Panthers and the Eels. As we know, um, obviously we had the GOAT centre, Matt Burton, playing that one. Probably not somebody that we're going to be looking at. I see Momorowski managed to put up 37 points without scoring a try, though. That's a bit heartening. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much exactly where, when I was talking about, when we were talking about him uh, a few weeks ago, where I sort of had him, like a... You know, I sort of had him around that 35 to 37 without a try. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely... Wow, uh, 20 tackles. What was he doing? Were they just running at him the whole time, were they? They must have been on. Because uh, he plays on the right side. Uh, who defends on the right? Is that Cleary or Luai? Yeah, it's Cleary. Yeah, maybe they were just targeting Cleary then. That's poss- that's an explanation maybe. Yeah, 16 tackles for Cleary. I guess, yeah, Momorowski. Momorowski is a pretty big centre too, so I guess that would sort of make sense that he would be he would be doing that. Yeah, all right. Um, that's an interesting one, definitely. Um, the fact that he was getting through that base stats is, is pretty cool. Obviously, if he's going to nail on that spot. The question for me is, obviously, if they have Matt Burton that they're trying to fit in somewhere, are they going to stick him on the bench? Are they going to play him at centre? Obviously, Crichton's got one centre spot locked up. The, really, the only spot available is that right centre. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, it seems like Momorowski's got the inside track to it currently. Like, he started at right centre in the in the Panthers' last two trial games. Um, I, I think they're just using Burton, uh, like, pretty much the only way he's going to get into, the like, any action in the team this year without uh, Cleary or Lua going down is probably in, in, in that centre position. So I think they're just trying to squeeze him into another position to try and add to his versatility and, and use him at some point this year. But I, I think Momorowski's probably going to be there round one. Yeah. Oh, it's certainly interesting. I guess the big worry for anyone potentially looking to buy him is Naden coming back in round five. But I don't think Naden's really done anything to cement a spot there, given that they were, you know, taking him out to put Tyra May in there. Yeah. She's <laughs> using the rat bag at centre. Oh, yeah. So, mate, I'm pretty sure... Um, I'm pretty sure that Momorowski has an opportunity there. Uh, unfortunately, the Penrith Panthers in round one come ag- come up against the juggernaut North Queensland Cowboys. 
Ooh. So not uh, not feeling happy for their chances there. Then they get a game against the Bulldogs before they come against the Storm. So, you know, pretty rough rough start to the year against the Cowboys, but I'm sure they'll persevere yeah. with that one. It's um, a grand final preview right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Momorowski better watch out. Frank Molo are going to be running at him. <laughs> Mate, other than that, Cleary doing Cleary stuff, Lua doing Lua stuff. Um, they are both priced at an elite season, you know, coming off, you know, the best season that either of them have ever produced. I Honestly, 33% of teams have Cleary. Um, I just don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, well, we were talking about this. It seems like every year people just want to start with the top scoring player of the year before, like... Last yep. year, people were always talking about Payne Haas, starting with Payne Haas. You have to start with Haas. The year before that, it was you always have to start with Cook. You have to start with Cook. And then, He's the new rule number one, Damien ex- Cook. Exactly. And then before that, it was rule one, Cam Smith. And that's the one time it actually made sense because Cam always did finish as the top scorer each year. You know, like Cleary, again, very good player. He's probably a bloke you're going to want to have in your team. Well, I mean, definitely a bloke you're going to want to have in your team come season's end. But... Yeah, it's a lot of money to be spending. Yeah, a lot of money to be spending. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you got a guy like Angus Crichton there who we're projecting for pretty close to 70 and Cleary coming off a record-breaking 73. You're talking about spending 973K for a keeper. Mostly the justification is to put the C on him, but you're really only getting two or three points and you've got to spend an extra 140K. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like all it takes is him having you know, that one mid-40s game, which he is capable of. Like, all it takes is one good team to keep him quiet and, you know, he's scoring a 42 or a 45 or something and his price is going to start tumbling down. Um, yeah. yeah, not one I'm looking at round one. No, um, obviously great player though. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nah, same same thing with Kikau, really good actual football player. Not so much fantasy. Um, Kate Wells an interesting one. Um, we've just put up something before we started. Well, I did. About Kate, well, really interesting. Um, he just went to an absolute another level last year in his three games, averaging mid-60s at 80-minute edge back row. Yeah, I think I've still got a little bit of a player bias with Kate, well, because all I can remember is that season where, you know, a lot of people had him uh, when he was at Cronulla and he was missing, <laughs> he was missing like 12 tackles a game. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, I've, I've still got a little bit of bias from, uh, from that year, but... Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame anyone for wanting to start with him um, playing in such a good Penrith team. Mm. Mate, has Spencer Lenu changed your mind at all? Mate, he played really good, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely much more willing to take a bit of a punt on him now um, after what we saw. Like, again, you know, don't want to overreact from one trial game, but, oh, man, he, he looked really good compared to what we've seen before. Like, he is only young, so maybe, you know, that... Um, that's extra year, that growing body, age, you know, a bit more maturity, a bit more experience. Maybe it could be the difference. Mate, well, last year we score, saw him scoring at 1.11 points per minute um, in his games. I know his reserve grade stats sort of didn't quite mirror that, but, um, you know, even in the games, uh, yeah, he had one there where he only played two minutes, which just seems a bit silly. But, you know, like outside of that, he would have been averaging 20 Five twenty-six, I'd suggest, and then obviously from there you got to add. You know, he's probably going to be playing closer to thirty-five minutes rather than twenty-one for his twenty-three points. It's you know, it's entirely possible that he's a Lisa Army two point 
Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I just looked at it. It's surprising his ownership's only 4.5%. I thought he would have been in more teams. Yeah, I think the danger of Matt Eisenhuth is is floating around a little bit there. I was listening to – I'm going to shout out my sixth bloody podcast on our podcast. Um, I was listening to NRL Boom Rookies this afternoon on the way home, and they were talking to uh, their Panthers guy, and he was saying that he would pick – if they had to pick any one of their young players to have a breakout this year, it was uh, it was Lenu. So, um, I mean, I know that's just a guy's opinion or whatever, but, you know, and he's actually of the opinion that there's another guy going to come through and actually displace Eisenhuth altogether after it's that Lindsay Smith that played um, in Jersey 33, um, yeah. that he might actually displace Eisenhuth altogether. So, you know, Lenu could be looking at the Leota role from last year, which is 30 to 35 minutes. And if he scores at 1.1, he's got 35 points. And obviously he's priced in the low 20s. So, I mean, there's, it's certainly an option there. I mean, the thing is you've got Lenu starting or you've got Farmacilli, uh, Lenu off the bench or Farmacilli starting or Alvaro off the bench. We've seen Alvaro put the runs on the board, but I guess, is it weird to say that there's more competition for minutes at the Dragons, even though they're a way worse team? <laughs> more, you know. Like as in there's more guys who can play like 45, 50 minutes. As yeah. At Penrith, it's sort of Fisher-Harris is going to play the entire game and basically, and, and same with Yo. But those outside of those two players, um, it's not really a lot of middle depth. Yeah, yeah, that is surprising because, you know, one of the things um, that carried Penrith last year was their uh, go forward off the bench. Like their metres gain from their bench was a lot better than, uh, a lot of other clubs, and a big part of that was, you know, due to Zane Tedavano and Moses Leota. So, you well, know, they don't have Tedavano this year either. Ex- yeah, exactly. So maybe Lenu can step up into that, you know, that bench impact role, and you know, he's really- certainly capable from what we saw last year. For sure, definitely. limited minutes. Um, yeah, no. So that's uh, that's one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, Fisher Harris. I've seen a couple of people ask about him. Just he's. he's He's not that PPM guy. Just you know, don't don't do it to yourself, please. Um, but oh, mate, Cowboys versus Broncos. I was at this game. It was awesome. I remember parts of it. <laughs> there was. I remember being very very sad when uh, Tessie Niu exploded onto the ball and and gave the defense on that right hand or left hand side a bath. Um, I think that was Hamiso over there. He just looked awesome, Tessie. Didn't want to talk about the Eels. <laughs> No, no, no one wants to talk about the Eels, mate. We'll come back to them. Okay. I really just wanted to talk about this game. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Tessie looked great. Uh, that's, uh, you know, two trial games in a row now where he's sort of shown shown something there. Um, he definitely gave me a little bit more confidence uh, starting with him, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm probably going to end up putting him in my 17, although I'm not overly excited about it. I think I'm just going to roll the dice and do it. Um, I know his start to the year is just horrendous, but what what having him in there and then having a cheapie on the bench allows me to do is cover the centres and also not spend very much money in positions that are the least reliable for scoring. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a solid strategy, really cheap out on the centres because you know like they they are that is the position with the lowest upside, so you know use that money elsewhere is probably a, a good strategy. Um, you know, and if you've got a guy that's dual position, you know, say you've got Bailey Simpson in 17 and, you know, you've got someone else who's dual position, you could even roll the dice and have, you know, base it on matchup. You know, like one week you want to play Tessie, the other week you want to play Bailey Simpson, something like that, depending on who they're playing. Um, you know, there's always that option there as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, Tessie, I think he's he's basically he's he's penned into my team now. Mate, the Croft God looked really good, but I, we know he's not going to be in the team. I just wanted to say his name on this podcast. Um, Jake Turpin, um, he looked pretty sharp, but obviously we're expecting them to carry uh, Corey Pay on the on the bench. Um, one thing we did say see though, speaking of Corey's, is that Corey Oates is about as good of a back rower as he was a winger in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what happened to Corey Oates? He was Mate, you know Valentine Holmes gave him an absolute bath. That's what happened to him. Valentine Holmes and and Scott Drinkwater just bloody ruined his confidence. It's completely yeah. gone. Yeah, mate, he's just not. It's not what whatever they're trying to do with Corey Oates in the second row. That's not it. I really, you know, I mean, the standouts for Broncos was um, you know Ricky tackling his absolute butt off and, and doing really, really well. And then it seems like since he went off, the um, the Broncos became not very good. So I think that's probably a good indication about what they need to do with him moving forward, which is have him on the field instead of not on the field. He made 27 tackles, and I think he only played the first half. Yeah, it's quite impressive. Um, you know, like the thing that's always given us a little bit of pause about Ricky is that we're fairly certain he's not going to be playing 80 minutes to start the year. Um like no doubting is a talented player. It's just a matter of is he going to be able to score enough in the limited opportunity he has? Like that's the only real concern mm-hmm. I've got about him. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean the thing with Ricky though is he's priced at 26. He managed to put up 34 yeah. without a try in 40 minutes. Um, you extrapolate that out to 60 and you're getting sort of low to mid 40s, which is sort of where we have him projected. Um, being that he is that explosive player, he's going to get a couple of lower scores. I would imagine he's going to have a couple, if he's playing 60, he's probably going to have a couple of games in the 20s, which is going to which is going to halt his price rises. But I think what we saw in the All-Stars game and, and what we saw in this game probably is enough. It may be that Kevy's just going to go, you know what, Corey Oates isn't a back rower. And until Haas is back, we're going to roll him out for 80 minutes, which would be really, really good for three weeks and kick his price rises on by the time Haas gets back, he's at, break even in the, the single digits and it doesn't matter if he throws up a 27 at that point. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, it is very low ownership and there's a reason his ownership, well, uh, sorry, very low risk uh, for his price and there's a reason his ownership is at 31.5%. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like like what we sort of said with Tino is that, you know, like at that percentage of leadership, of, of ownership, I mean, um, if even if he doesn't do that well, everybody else has got him, so it doesn't really matter. Um, except with this, you're only spending 340K instead of 600 Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely having a look at Ricky. He played really well. Um, Lodge was one that surprised me with how good he was. And conversely, Pangai was sort of not very Pangai. He was sort of just, he was there, he's on the field, he's doing stuff, but like, not like, you know, coming at 717k, probably not worth the investment. No, definitely not. Uh, way too much uh, inconsistency in Pangai's game to justify spending 700,000. Yeah. No, um, it's not not for me. Lodge, though, um, surprised me. He sort of did quite well and was pretty busy, um, pumped out 40 points in not that many minutes, uh, which is a promising sign given he's probably going to be asked to play pretty big minutes without Haas there. Yeah, you know, to start the year, he definitely looks like a good one. Um, you know, he should be playing plenty of minutes to get those price rises going um, early on in the year. I know he's one we talked about, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back and we – weren't super high on him. I know both of us have sort of changed our opinion now after, you know, seeing some of these trial performances and 
um, you know, digging into his pre-2020 stats. Uh, for, for mine, it's just a matter of, is he going to have the minutes when Haas is back? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, the thing for me is I'm looking at Colin Tungy and I'm looking at Ricky and I'm trying to work out why I would bother getting Lodge instead of one of those two guys. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. I mean, you know, you you don't have to take just the two, mate. You're, you're allowed to have more. No, but I can't fit them all in. That's not, I, I've only got the space for the two of them. So, oh, like, I, I understand why somebody would want Lodge. Um, doesn't fit with my team configuration because I spent all my money on Luke Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along to the Cowboys side of the ball. Um, Scott Drinkwater did really well, much better at 5'8". And Valentine Holmes did really well, much better at fullback. Michael Morgan didn't get injured, so that's always a good sign. Uh, Hamiso definitely was better on the wing. Um, he seems to have filled out a bit too, um, Hamiso. He doesn't seem like he's lost any speed, but he's definitely looking a bit thick with two Cs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you laid out with uh, valid fullback Drinkwater at six, personally, I think that's how they should run out week one. Obviously, it works for us fantasy-wise because it gives us Val back, but um, yeah, I just thought they looked a lot better once they made that switch. Like, their left edge was just getting destroyed and their centers were getting turned inside out early on. Um, I, I know Peyton keeps talking about defense. Well, surely having Justin O'Neill and Fido as your centers isn't good for defense. Mate, mate speaking of centers that weren't good for defense, Isan Masters, where has he been for the last three years? <sighs> what happened? Oh, my God. He was oh, he was a monster. He only played the second half. I think he put up 40 points. Yeah. It just it was an attacking machine. Yeah, 48 points and he only played the second half. Just insane. Just, that, but just... that was exactly what he was doing before, right? Not not quite that much. And I mean the Broncos are the Broncos. So I mean, we could only glean so much from a monstrous score, but it does tell you that maybe he's got his tail up a little bit. Um I think he's definitely gonna be that right center. Um, and if you got Masters playing off the back of this forward pack, where oh my god, Frank Molo was humming, wasn't he? Oh mate, I know you've been talking him up for a while. Oh Frank Molo, I picked him as a cash cow last year, and I didn't get on him, and then he bloody did so well. And you know, I'm I'm hearing reports that he might actually displace um, McLean to be the starter, even if McLean's healthy. Oh wow, that's uh. Yeah. That's a big one. Like Molo's really been killing it. He has been the best player this preseason, according to what I heard. So, yeah, he's just been an absolute monster. Unfortunately, he's already sort of expensive. So, but I mean, four ninety two k is not really that expensive. It's thirty seven. So, really, you want him to be sort of pushing into keeper territory at that point. I just yeah. don't think I can do it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, like it's only 10K more to your man, uh, Kurt Capewell. Like, which, if you had to pick between the two, which, who would you take? Yeah, they're attacking upside. You've got to take Capewell at that point. But yeah. a man can dream, and I really want to have a Cowboy. I don't have any Cowboys players, right? Oh, mate. Maybe you'll get Val. Maybe he's uh, I don't know. Who are we going to take Pappenhausen out? Just take Brooks out, mate. Do not swear at me like that. <laughs> Reese Robson looked good, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get a bench hooker, so he's a no go. Cohen Hess doing Cohen Hess stuff. Mitchell Dunn looked better, but um, I don't think either of those guys are going to be fantasy relevant this year, unfortunately. Peter Holler, he was gassed after about 15 minutes. Yeah, the new rules really took their toll on that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think he was playing in the middle, and then and there's a, 
the time that Peter Holler came on is about the time that I went from having enough scotch to having too much scotch. I'm not 100% sure exactly how much time he spent on the edge, but I'm pretty sure he was on the left edge when Valentine Holmes scored his try um, or he was hanging around there. So it may be that he did something amazing that I didn't see, um, if it's possible, um, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think in terms of their versatility, and that, I think uh, Peyton's talked a lot about versatility, I'll be thinking that Hola is probably going to get carried on the bench as their second row cover. So I'm expecting their team to be like Hess and Dunn as the back row with Hola, Burr and Cotter and McLean as the, the bench, um, which is just going to be an absolute no-go for everybody there. So the mm-hmm. only I, – I think at this point, the most likely player from the Cowboys that I'm going to end up with in my team is Isan Masters, but probably not. What about uh, – I know you were high on Michael Morgan. If Drinkwater's uh, at six, would you reconsider? Uh, no, not with, not with Brooksy. Yeah, fair call. No, not with Brooksy. All right, we better go back and talk about the Eels. I think that's enough of the Cowboys. <laughs> um, so the Eels did a weird thing where they swapped um, Moses and – Maddo over to the left and um, Lane and old mate um, Dylan Brown over to the right. They have been complaining in the media today that the game was too fast. That's all right, guys. You guys are going to be in the bottom eight this year anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nathan Brown uh, pumped out a 58, which is very much a Nathan Brown thing. Huge. Um, mate, where are we landing? Uh, we have, we've got to deal with the other guy in a minute. Um Nathan Brown versus Alex Twal. Where do, where do we land on this? Well, mate, I, like you were the only one really heavily on the Twal train. I've always, you know, been Team Nathan Brown. I, I, I talked about this uh, earlier on, just because, you know, I know, like I've said this before, I know that Nathan Brown is the better player. Like I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about Nathan Brown being benched or you know, um, Mads changing his mind week to week. Because you know, we've seen Twal you know, be benched at times and only playing 50 minutes. And especially now that we've seen Simpkin um, and Little coexist on the field at the same time, um, you know, playing one playing in the middle. We saw it last year with Little and Grant one where Little would play at lock. Um, you know, I, if I had to choose between the two, uh, I was always leaning towards Nathan Brown. Um, but especially with the recent information, I'd, I, I think Nathan Brown is a much better shot than Alex Twile. Yeah. Isaiah Papali'i did very nice Isaiah Papali'i things off the bench. I'm going to be sad because I think what's going to happen is he's going to do really, really good, um, and then one of the three Eels middles is going to be injured, but he's going to have made most of his money already, and that's mm. going to make me sad. Yeah. Um, Tom Opchek scored another try. It's two in two weeks. Actually scored pretty well, 45 at centre. Uh, it's probably outside of his normal range of things that he does, so probably not going to be rushing to do that as a as a thing, especially when you've got guys like Roberts in that same price bracket um, or and and Neo. That's probably your, your easy centre pairing there. There's not really any other eels. I mean, Maddo feels like Maddo probably would have been the one complaining about how fast the game is because he's lazy by all accounts. I mean, I don't know that. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I've never met him, but. Um, uh, given what we saw from Crichton and then what we saw from Madison, uh, is there any doubt anymore as to who needs to be in the team? Oh, 
<laughs> you know, I can't, I can't, I've been saying throughout this podcast, uh, don't overreact from one trial appearance, but that's exactly what I did. I, I swapped <laughs> Madison to Angus Crichton based purely off these one. Just, one just tell everybody it was for the DPP, mate. It was for the DPP. Yeah. And then David Fafita. David Fafita was an absolute monster. Crichton, Fafita. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Don't, don't muck that. around. Don't muck around with Twal or, and Takiyaho and McCulloch. That's your that's your money that you're spending on guys that aren't halves or Tedesco or Pack. Those four done sold. Um, don't talk to me about Dylan Brown starting to do more kicking or Mitchell Moses. Both of them are duds. Don't get either of them. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're great, but just you know you got Fogarty there doing the goal kicking. Um, even you know um, we did have somebody comment about Fogarty versus Munster. I think the goal kicking just tips Fogarty in in favour. Definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't begrudge somebody for taking Munster given the the new rules. Um, well, there's, but, there's, um, there's definitely value there with Munster, but yeah, yeah it's just what with the goal kicking from Fogarty. Uh, yeah, I've got him slightly in front just because of that. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say it's probably a question of are you an upside person or a base person? Like if you if you prefer a, a solid base, Fogarty. Um, if you prefer, if you want, if if you ask me through the entire year, who's going to score more points? For one week, it's probably Munster, but you know Fogarty's well more than capable of doing that as well. He's not going to play Origin unless Cherry Evans gets injured, whereas Munster is. Munster's always injured at some point through the year as well, even with something like Niggly. So, yeah, I think I'm definitely leaning Fogarty now, unless something crazy happens. Yeah, Fogarty's definitely the better overall option. I think, like if you're playing overall, um, you know Fogarty plays round thirteen, and like you said, not too much risk of Origin. Yep, um, mate, Jimmy the Jet. Oh. Takeoff. Mate, we had takeoff. When I the first time that he touched the ball, it was just a Norfoluma garbage scurry around. But the thing is, what happens is when Norfoluma gets the ball, I think they go about four people need to converge on him. And Roberts does not need that sort of space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh uh, you know, I've been looking at some James Roberts highlights from years past. They're like, do you remember that game against the Roosters a couple of years ago where, like, he just got the ball about halfway and did it, he just ran around, like, the winger. Jimmy the Jet! Jimmy the Jet! Jimmy the Jet! <laughs> that one. Yeah, the commentator's losing their mind. But, you know, he's just, he's just that type of player. He can just create something out of nothing. And um, he's an excitement machine and he's, he's one I'm looking forward to watching this year. Mate, well, the thing is, he didn't even really get to play that much with Adam Dewey. But Adam Dewey, the 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 method seemed to be for the Tigers when the halves get the ball, pass pass it to somebody that's not them. <laughs> like, give it to anybody that's not the half. Uh, like you know, like it was going straight to Luciano. Adam, oh my God, Luciano Lelua, he was just an absolute monster out there. Whoever was that? Whoever was, who was defending out there? I think it was Sirenin. Mate, Sirenin is going to be having. Nightmares about Luciano Leilua. Mate, is he is he the better Leilua brother now? Oh, yes. He always was. He just never got the opportunity, mate. I think he averaged like I think we had him like down for averaging sixties when he was at the Dragons because he'd come on for like thirty minutes in the back row and score like twenty eight points. And we're just like, can he do that? But he's lost all his weight and he looks so good, mate. Can you imagine? I tell you what, as a Queensland fan, if the Blues trot out Angus Crichton and Luciano Lilua as the back row pairing this year. I'm just going to be having absolute nightmares. How do you think the opposing edges will feel? <laughs> Probably very bad, except it'll be Dave Feeder um, and Jaden Sewer, which obviously Jaden Sewer is the odd man out, and that 
thing. Nothing against Sua. It's just, you know, these other three guys are, are ridiculous. So, mate, uh, yeah, I, I'd really love to say I want to – I'd get Luciano Lelua, but I just can't um, can't do it. But he just looked absolutely awesome. But what he did do is create so much space for Luke Brooks. Yeah, you, your man Brooksy. Um, it definitely did open up the field for him. Um, Oh, mate, I just want to get out of your way and let you talk about Brooksy, to be honest. The, the, the thing is, Brooks is uh, the definition of a flat track bully. He's just an absolute confidence player and he just cannot, you know, like if you put Brooks in a situation where he's got an opportunity to run the ball and be the dominant half and give him a, you know, a creative attacking half who he can like, you know, who can inject himself. Like my ideal halves partner for Luke Brooks is Cody Walker. Like, that's a style player. And Adam Dewey is about as close you can get to Cody Walker in the NRL without having Cody Walker. Um, he's pretty big body. He's a good support player. He's a fullback 5'8 instead of a halfback 5'8. And I just, like, you know, he's just going to have so much space. He didn't do hardly any kicking. He only did 130 kick metres because the entire Tigers team only had to kick for under 200 metres because uh, they literally just, any time they got the ball, they just rolled over the top of Manly like they were lying down. And um, mate, it was it was embarrassing. Man, Manly's defense was just shocking. So as, as we've seen, obviously Manly's had fifty put on them now, so they're not in contention for the <laughs> the title. Um, but now Brooks did so much of the kicking, um, and he was just on the ball. Like he would have had like Nathan Cleary level re- like touches um, projected out over the eighty minutes. Um, and Dewey was just injecting himself Luai style, which was perfect for them. They were, you know, given early ball to the talented players on the outside. You're like, and T- Tommy Talao did a great job, but he's going to have Leilua out there. Well, you imagine you're you're running at the line, and you got Dane Laurie sweeping, and then you got Luciano or um, Joseph Leilua or whoever's out on the wing, whether it's Kapoa or Talao or whoever else. Like, there's so many options there, or you just go yourself. And Brooksy loves to go and like, yeah, he's going to be. I've, I've got a really good feeling about Luke Brooks mm. after seeing that. And the thing is, the stats are in his favour to start with, right? Like, you know, we talk about, like, you know, don't go crazy about trial games, looking at fantasy scoring. His fantasy scoring wasn't even that good. It was only 35 because he didn't do any kicking because they were just rolling up him. But, you know, like, and I don't, obviously he didn't play the whole game. He went off at 60 minutes or something like that. So he probably would have put up 50-odd. The problem with Brooks is he's always been, if he didn't get monster amount of kick metres or monster amount of run metres, or tries, he was low scoring. But, you know, that base of 35, you project that out to 80 minutes, it's 40-something. And, you know, he's looking – yeah, he's just looking at a really solid base there. And then, obviously, he's going to have the upside when he scores a try and add to that, you know, his kick metres are probably going to be closer to 300 or 350 than 100. I'm not 100% sure what the ceiling is for Brooks, but it's definitely 50-something. Um, you know, the, the wild card of uh, goal kicking, I did not expect that going into the trial. I thought it would have been someone else in that lineup. Like, I, I thought maybe, oh, okay, when Adam Dewey comes on, he might take over. Like, they've still got Moses Mbai there. Um, do you think Brooks keeps it over Mbai? Is Mbai going to be in the team? Well, yeah, that's, that's another good question. <laughs> Mate, Dane, uh, Laurie, Dane Laurie, you cannot, like, as a coach, you cannot see your team play last year like they played 
just the absolute garbage that they served up to their fans week to week, and then turn up this year and go, oh, we've brought this young guy in who set the bloody truck NRL on fire and Twitter's gone absolutely mental for him, but we've got Moses and by there, so we'll get him in and, and Laurie can go sit in reserve grade. There will be a lynch mob out the front for game one if, if Laurie's not the fullback and they name him by there. Like, they can't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Laurie was just another level, especially early on. Like we know, Manly didn't have their complete full strength team, but man, they're only really missing about four blokes from their starting lineup, like Dylan Walker, um, the halves, and Jake Trebojevic. Like, yeah, that's really the, all they're missing. The point it, it's the point isn't really what what he scored, like the fact that he got a couple of tries. The point is the style that he was playing. You know, he's just mm. that. He was that back, you know, he was he was everywhere. You know, he just you know, he was constantly in support. He was like the like a skinnier Brimson. Mm. Sort of everywhere, you know, and like you know, he's he's a as a former five eight, so we know he can ball play. He's just, you know, he's everything that the Tigers need out of their fullback. And like we've we've got a big enough sample on by now to know what he's like. And, you know, mate, we spoke in the previous games about in the previous pods, I mean, about the go forward for the Tigers. Mm. How much of a difference was Tamu and Offen Gowie up there? Oh, mate, they they were. It, it felt like a, a different team. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Tamu is going to add a lot when it comes to leadership. You know, I, I think that's something they were really missing. Like, I know they had you know Benji there, but they they were really missing that uh, leader in the middle. And I think James Tamu could really add uh, something to the Tigers. Um, yeah, and and it, like if they've got that go forward, like that's only going to help Brooksy as well, like help the halves. Yeah, mate, I'm looking at Tamu and and Offengawi, and like their stats aren't big, but they didn't play huge minutes. I don't think the point is like more than a third of both of their meter were meters were post contact meters, mm. which tells you something about what they were doing. Um, you know, they're this whole Tigers pack here. You got looking at Luciano, his post contact meters was about a third as well. Um, Stefano was, yeah, well over a third, 70 metres in seven runs. Like, you know, he, he did a good job in the time that he was out there. I don't think he was asked to be out there very long, but he made 70 metres, play the ball, play the ball speed all, just over three seconds. You know, where he's just, yeah, he's just doing a lot there. That's, look at Tamu, two, 2.5 second play the ball speed for Tamu. They, they, just weren't, they just weren't getting that last year. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. And then you got oh, even Packer. Even Packer played well for what he can do. They've got Simpkin and Little there to take advantage of that around the ruck. Between the two of them, they can do close enough to what Harry Grant did last year. But that, that leadership in the forward pack, like you said, and and the, the ceiling of where this team is, I, I was tipping them. I think I had them 14th um, in my NRL like tipping, but I, I would very much dislike for this team to be playing the Cowboys in round one. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're, they're an exciting attacking team. Like, Sort of gives me uh, 2005 vibes. Uh, yeah. They're just going to try and uh, put 30 points on everyone each week and just outscore yeah. them. But yeah, and, that, and that's the real question is they can score points. Can they stop teams that aren't reserve-grade teams from scoring points? Yeah. Um, speaking of reserve-grade teams, we better talk about the Manly guys. Um, the Bur- Oh, Burbo. Yeah. Burbo. Mate, he submitted his resume for that spot. I'm not sure if he's going to get it, but he definitely put a he definitely put an expression of interest in for that edge back row spot. Um, so did Andrew Davy. Andrew Davy, I think only played half a game and scored 38 fantasy points. Um, he had a nice little break um, there. I, I commented on Twitter that 
you know, 20 seconds into his stint, he'd already done more than what Kachevsky did. But I, I wasn't surprised by that. I didn't, but I still needed to be said. Kachevsky was on the field for a, a, a decent chunk and only scored 24, um, which is about sort of where we expect from him. Schuster was impressive. Mm. In a team that was just horrendous, he was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I, I, you feel like they've just got to find a spot for them. You know, we we don't we still don't know who's playing hooker. Um, you know, we know now that Kate Cust is going to be fit. Lachlan Croak is going to be fit. Um, and well, they're going to be on the they're going to be on the field. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like how do you find a, a spot? I, I still can't believe Manly is coming to this season without a single hooker on the books, but oh my God. That, that, that's another issue. But, um, yeah, yeah you'd imagine at least two of those guys are going to be there, um, you know, one at 14, one at nine. Uh, I mean, hopefully it's it's not cast. Hopefully we get either Schuster or Croker started because they are the, the cheapest of the bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's an, it's, it's an, an inevitable wait for... For him to get injured before we see Schuster long term, I think. Um, and let's pray for Davey because he looked really, really good. So oh, please, please, I'd, yes. I'd really love to get Davey. And he just adds, he just adds something. Like we know what Jeffsky is, and he can cover the center. He can cover the the, the front row. You know, you, don't make it too hard on yourself, Des. Pasega looked really good in a team that was not very good. And make cover your ears for a minute. What um, Marty to power was no. very, very unimpressive. What, <laughs> mate? I saw Marty do like you know one uh, push out of a tackle and go for a bit of a crab run, and I had a little blood mm. flow to my loins. Like that. Oh, <laughs> got me excited for years past. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, um, he, he is thirty-one now, I guess. Yeah, I'm, mate. I think it's uh, Taniella Pasega season. He's gonna, he's gonna be the uh, him and uh, Josh Aoli. Oh, I thought it was funny. He was getting booed every single time he did it up there. <laughs> You just laugh. That would fire me up, I reckon. That that wouldn't make me play well. That'd make me. That'd fire me up. No one holds a grudge like a Tigers fan, too. No, absolutely. No, it's um. Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty spectacular that game. Um, and yeah, no, yeah, uh, I really hope that mainly dish up. Actually, no, I don't. I got money on them at um to get the spoon at thirty four dollars. So Ooh. yeah, I was really happy seeing that. I'm, I wonder. I might even check the cash out after we finish recording and see see what the cash <laughs> out is. It have to be have to be all right, um, mate. Give me your top three things that you want to see on Timless Tuesday. Okay, um, the top two just pop straight into my head. I want to see Dane Laurie at fullback, and I want to see Andrew Davy in the second row. Yep. Colin Matangi left back row. Yeah, let's put that down for three because, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get Greg Mazu starting centre oh, for the Titans. Man. No, I don't think we're going to get him. I'd really like to see uh, Jackson Ford at back row for the Dragons to suck some people in. I'd really love to see Tino named on the bench for the Titans just because everybody's head would explode, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, realistically, uh, something else that I'd really like to see is I'd really like to see a bench for the Broncos uh, that doesn't comprise uh, Corey Oates. Well, that'd for, be nice. For the, for the sake of Jordan Ricky. To throw on an extra one as well, I want to see a Knights bench that doesn't have Chris Randall on it. Oh, yes. I completely forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, I'd, I'd really like to see Crossland there uh, just because he's – 
oh, he's clearly not a hooker. Um, but I guess they might push Kurt Mann there. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they do um, give Bradley a little bit of a slow in, given he's just coming off an ACL surgery. Um, although I would hate it, um, I think maybe that would cause a bit of panic. Um, no, let me ask you the question: If it, if Chris Randall is there, what do you, what's your what are you going to do? Because it's probably, it's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably run around like a headless chook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he because uh, you know his, his PPM is. Sort of a Andrew McCulloch type where he relies on a lot of tackles, and if he's not getting eighty minutes, uh, he's going to cause a headache. It's I'm suddenly going to have four hundred k that I'm I'm not sure what to do with. Yeah, no, I um I'm definitely just going to be going to be praying that that doesn't happen. Um, I might even like say go down to a lodge or something like that, mm. and then bank that twenty five k, and then um, wait and hope. Or even just go all the way down to Lachlan Croker, but yeah, that even that manly that manly hooker room's a nightmare too, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> who knows what that's going to spit oh, out. Because you know, I, I was thinking, okay, we've lost Croker, he's done his hamstring, and then it comes out, oh, he's going to be fit for round one, and then yeah, oh, we've we've lost, you know, Custer's gone down, he's broken his bloody hand, he's going to be out for two months, and and now it turns out he's fine as well. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, what a nightmare. Um, yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's put out some good positive. Let's you know in in closing, let's put out some good positive uh, vibes towards the NRL coaches. Then just you know, let's hope that they don't hate us too much going into Teamless Tuesday. Thank you all for tuning in to what is just an absolute monster podcast. It wasn't supposed to be this long, but uh, one thing I will say is join up to our uh, overall league. Um, so we're running a league, and a lot of the podcasts do that. Got 150 odd people in there at the moment. Um, I'll give you the the code here now. So it's UJCM7JC3P. Uh, um, but we'll promote that a little bit on our socials through the week and see if we can pump the numbers up a little bit. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you very much for joining in, and we'll uh, talk to you following Teamless Tuesday. Love you guys.